It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. And today we're going to go back in the history books and see which players from the 2016 Texas A&M recruiting class have lived up to expectations, exceeded expectations, or maybe just fallen short and never lived up to the hype when they were coming in. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source of all things 12th man content found in College Station here on the Locked on Podcast Network, and you can come back as much as you want. We try to do at least three shows a week during these tough times. If we can, we get a fourth in for sure, but make sure you tune in. This is your number one podcast for everything you need to know about what's going on at Texas A&M. And secondly, follow me, the host, at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's really simple. I am a mister. My name is Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. As we reported yesterday, Jay Zon Harris will be joining the 12th man for the 2021 season. The four-star defensive end edge rusher out of Brooklyn, New York has decided that he wants to leave the East Coast and come to the Lone Star State. Well, he's going to have a buddy from that East Coast side joining him for the 2021 class as on Wednesday afternoon, Casey Seegers from Cornelius High School in North Carolina announced his decision to come join the Maroon and White. In a statement released by him on Twitter about midday Wednesday, he said, First, I'd like to thank God for all the blessings coming up to this moment. I also would like to thank my dad, my brother, for pursuing me and helping me grow throughout my entire career. I'd like to thank Coach Jimbo Fisher and Coach Tyler Santucci for their incredible opportunity for believing in me. I'd like to thank all of my teammates and coaches for giving me an opportunity and believing in me from day one. Lastly, I'd like to thank all the coaches who have been recruiting me the past year for investing their time and money into me and giving me the opportunity. With that being said, I'm extremely blessed and honored to announce that I will be continuing my academic and athletic career at Texas A&M. Go Aggies! This has been a very short recruiting process for a player like Seegers who came in to the relevance of A&M right around February. He started getting some traction, the four-star eventually... Uh, has not been on campus yet, but eventually was sold by Stan Tucci and Fisher to become one of the next great linebackers for AM. And when you look at the history of the linebacker position, both outside, stand-up edge, inside linebacker, no matter what you look at, AM's done a very good job of producing at least a chance for these players to make it to the next level. Even guys like Tyrell Dodson and Artero Alaka, who aren't going to be probably big-time names at the professional level, definitely earned their stripes and made it onto practice squads, made it onto active 53-man rosters, were highly touted during the undrafted free agent market because of what they were able to do at AM. And this just continues to add to a very promising 2021 recruiting class. As we mentioned, uh, you just grabbed Eli Stowers out of Denton Geyer a couple weeks ago. Out of Fort Collins, offensive tackle Trey Zoon comes in. Wide receiver from North Shore, Sadrick Banks will be joining the squad. This is the fifth four-star recruit. He has now, uh, Fisher himself has now landed a second player in back-to-back years. 
from the state of North Carolina. This past season, the Aggies signed All-American Bowl wide receiver Moose Muhammad III out of Charlotte Myers Park, the son of the great Moose Muhammad. This is a kid who has a motor ready to play. As a junior playing for Charlotte, Ardell Kell, Seekers recorded 49 tackles, 10 tackles for losses, and 6 sacks to go along with 3 forced fumbles and a fumble recovery. He also played a little bit of running back, so you know he's going to have that ground and pound thumper style, because he rushed for 207 yards and 4 touchdowns, averaging 6 yards per carry. Uh, but now he will transfer to Huff High School for his senior season to hopefully better his chances at securing a state title for North Carolina. Overall, when you look at what he's able to do, this is on film, the very little that I've seen of him, he's a plug-and-play thumper. That's where you play him. And in Mike Elko's 4-2-5 system, you're going to want to have one who can cover and one who can thump, one who can play the run, one who can play kind of the running back out of the backfield, play a little bit against tight ends, kind of lay back, let your, I guess, Sam backer come up make the plays in the trenches and have your Mike Backer kind of weight it back. This is a guy who I think will be a Mike Backer for AM. And overall, it's hard to really hate what Jimbo Fisher is doing, especially during all this quarantine, no NCAA visits, no recruiting visits with players. It's just really smart. And what it's showing is, is that Fisher's already prepping for the 2021 season by gaining these guys. When you go out of your way to make sure that players who have not even been on campus, not even seen the facilities, haven't really met a lot of players, are comfortable enough saying, you know what, I want to join this program, I really think you're doing something right. Not just because of you're able to sell the program and sell the SEC, but because of you're able to sell this team early. In the process, anything can happen from this point on. But when you look at the power five offers that he already had, Kansas State, Missouri, NC State, he's um, only going to continue to grow over the time. And it's another addition that just immediately you look at and are blown away by what Fisher's able to do. With this signing now, Fisher now has five four stars for next season. That's before you even include the guys who are going to wait to do National Signing Day, early signing period in November. There's a lot that can go on that will make this an easier transition. And I'm just very shocked that it's taken this long to see what comes of it. I'm very pleased with how this team is putting together for 2020 and 2021. And like I said earlier this week, depending on how many players don't transition from this freshman class into starting roles. Fisher could be starting brand spanking new once again, just like he did when he joined the team in 2017, uh, 2018. This is another moment for Fisher to kind of bounce back and show, hey, listen, my coaching style works. I went 8-4 and four my first year, 7-5 and five last year. This upcoming year in 2020, I'm going to probably go 10 wins. Let me see with a brand new class. Can I go 10 wins again? And Fisher will start to garner the respect that he probably has wanted since winning the national title in Florida State in 2013. A lot can happen, and you got to realize this is very early signings. They're not even official signings. They're just commits at this point. 
Any one of these players can be flipped to a Georgia. Any one of these players can be flipped to an Alabama or a Florida. You can even, I think, throw LSU into the conversation. Tennessee, how they've been recruiting. They're actually ranked number one on 24-7 sports for the upcoming season. Any one of them can be flipped. But right now, Fisher's doing his part to make sure that the 2021 class is going to be something very special to watch for when you go to College Station. It's not about the future, but sometimes it's about looking back in the past. With all this time on our hands, looking back at who's done well, who's done what, let's take a look back at the 2016 recruiting class and see which players have already exceeded expectations and which players fell very short of what they were ranked coming into the school and also how they fit with A&M now. We'll be breaking that down in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality podcasts with people who understand your favorite sport and know your favorite team perhaps better than you do? If so, why not listen to a fantastic Locked On podcast? We have over two dozen college sports shows plus a ton of coverage surrounding the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and getting you ready for fantasy sports season, which never seems to go away. So go ahead while you can, download us on iTunes, download us on Spotify, go to LockedOnPodcast.com, and whatever your other favorite team is, start listening to that show today. We're in the final countdown for the 2016 Texas A&M recruiting class again. This was a class that was loaded for Kevin Sumlin, who just never could get the ball rolling, and now... What you see is players leaving the program and trying to make a name for themselves in the NFL. So we're going to take a look back down memory lane and see which players have exceeded expectations, lived up to expectations, maybe still have a shot to, and which just were flat out bad. So why don't we start with exceeded expectations? The biggest name from this class, if you don't already know, has got to be, without a doubt, Braden Mann. Braden Mann, when joining the team in 2016 was nobody. He was a kicker. He was the number five kicker in the nation, 142 player in Texas. He was uh, actually the first commitment of the class. Uh, when I met him down in Mobile, he actually said he grew up an Iowa State fan, but growing up in Texas, he would always go to College Station to root against the Aggies, and eventually he just kind of fell in love for it. Ever since he stepped onto campus, he has been one of the biggest names to ever come through the program. He served as the AM kickoff specialist both as a true freshman in 2016 and 2017. The Aggies had veterans at both kicker and punter those seasons, but it was his junior year in 2018 where not only did he win this starting punter job, but he also set the national average of 50.9 yards per punt as the uh, for that season and was named the Ray Guy Award winner that year. During his senior year of 2019, he finished fourth in the country in punting average, and he also was able to play a vital role on kickoffs. He made four stops himself. 26 of his 50 punts landed inside the 20-yard mark. He was selected with the sixth-round pick by the New York Jets last weekend, and he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest punters in college football history. This was a three-star recruit, Kickers don't get a lot of love because, let's be real, they're kickers, they're special teamers. He's definitely exceeded expectations. Coming in at number two, 
Simple. Justin Matabike. Very clear. He lived up to expectations as an Army All-American. As a beast during his junior year of high school, he racked up 35 tackles for losses and 16.5 sacks. However, he didn't play his entire senior season, which kind of hurt him a little bit at the start of his career. It kept him off the field in 2016. When he came back in 2017, he no longer was viewed as a strong side defensive end. He was the number 10 prospect in the state of Texas. They actually moved him inside to the interior part of the line and was a rotational player. In 2018, when he became a starter, uh, he was the team's top defender, possibly. Uh, He rallied and finished second on the team in sacks and second on the team in tackles for losses. 2019, a breakout year for the kid. Breakout year, led the team with 11.5 tackles for losses and 5.5 sacks after switching full-time to defensive tackle. He had double-digit tackles for losses and 11 total sacks in his final two years combined. He declared for the draft early. He was selected with the 71st pick this past weekend by the Baltimore Ravens, and he definitely will be a name to watch for on that defensive line that just continues to get better. Baltimore. Bravo for what you've done, and you added another element of a bull-rushing five technique that's going to shine in a 3-4 system. I loved the pick, and I loved the fit for Matt BK. Next up, Charles Oliver. This was a four-star ranking, and while a small school product had the potential to be a big-time prospect, uh, he was one of the early signings by AM. He made it to the Army All-American team. Though he had to make an adjustment from playing at a small school level to the big-time SEC, he saw action in eight games as a true freshman, started in one. As a sophomore in 2017, he emerged as the regular season starter, finished with 24 tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles, and eight pass breakups. In 2018, he finished with 31 tackles, an interception, nine pass breakups, and as a senior, he led the team with 15 pass breakups this past year while adding 29 tackles and a tackle for losses. He was not selected in the draft, possibly due to his fit as more so a nickel corner. That's where he kind of finished his career at AM because of the talent that was coming up the ranks. He still could be an, an added roster element to some team that needs to add in either a 90-man squad or wants to go out and get someone, say, a, I, I'm not sure, just another cornerback, a, a camp body, and possibly earn his way on as a special teams gunner. But again... He was a three-year starter for AM. He played a majority of snaps as a part-time starter his freshman year, and he was a four-star recruit. You can't ask for more from that at the collegiate level. Again, this is the collegiate level we're talking about. Oliver lived up to the hype as a four-star player who maybe just wasn't as elite as some other players on this list. Another name to watch for, this was a very simple one. Travion Williams, four-star running back out of Houston C.E. King High School. He was an all-purpose back, ranked number eight as all-purpose players, number 49 prospect in Texas. Williams was actually a TCU commit before flipping his pledge to A&M before a playoff game his senior year. Uh, He was a longtime target for A&M and Kevin Sumlin, especially after rushing for over 2,300 yards as a junior. He made an immediate impact, becoming the team's primary option at running back and became the first true freshman in school history to rush for over 1,000 yards. The only player who has even beaten that is Isaiah Spiller. He did that this past year 
with the injury to Jay Sean Corbin. He finishes for a freshman campaign with eight touchdowns on 1,057 yards. In 2017, he kind of took a step back, 798 yards, eight scores, but he broke out in 2018. He led the SEC by several hundred yards and broke A&M's single-season rushing record with 1,760 yards and 18 total scores. In his three-year career, he also tallied 66 receptions for 561 yards and a touchdown. He earned second-team All-American honors last year and finished as the number three rusher in school history. He declared for the NFL draft a year early and was a six-round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. Still hasn't made a name there just yet, but he has been productive as a special teamer when on the active roster. It'll be interesting to see where he goes from here, but as a collegiate player, he has broken the single-season record in AM history. He has another record that just got broken as the first freshman ever to rush for a thousand yards, and he made it to the NFL. He lived up to expectations. There's been players, though, who have been ranked just as high who maybe didn't live up to expectations when speaking about their careers. And we will be breaking down those names in just a quick moment. Hey, guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you enjoy thinking about dinner while you're still eating lunch? If so, you probably love food just like I do. And that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the comfort of my own home or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they use non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from my favorite local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmate pickups, which I have been using to order takeout for my favorite restaurants. So listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my favorite community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens to 7-Eleven and dropping it up right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Androids, find your favorite restaurants, and get anything you want delivered within an hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anything you want, anything you're in the mood for, Postmate it. And enjoy staying safe during this difficult time. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Make sure you guys are following us on social media and hit that subscribe button at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies for all your 12th man coverage here as part of LOPN. We're talking about players who lived up to expectations and players who fell short. A couple names that didn't make the list is living up to expectations, but also they weren't bad players. Courtney Davis, out of Langham Creek High School, he uh, suffered an ACL injury before arriving to College Station, and he missed the entire 2016 campaign. As a fourth-year junior, he was, again, second on the team with receptions with 54 uh, and 616 yards, four touchdowns the year before. He finished with 45 catches for 585 yards and seven touchdowns. He will now have a shot to play for the Minnesota Vikings. Another name to watch for on this list, Linebacker Tyrell Dodson, by his sophomore year, he emerged as the leader of the defense. He had a team-high 105 tackles to go along with 11 tackles for losses, 5.5 sacks, 
three interceptions, six pass breakups. He finished with 61 tackles the next year, six tackles for losses, three pass breakups, and a fumble recovery. He currently is on the Buffalo Bills offseason roster. And last but not least, Kendrick Rogers, three-star recruit, number 462 player in the nation, number 78 wide receiver, number 73 player in Texas. After being redshirted in 2017, he started to break out during 2018. Uh, it, of course, his game against Clemson and LSU will be his two that are most remembered. Seven passes for 120 yards and two touchdowns. And against the Tigers again, 53 uh, 53 yards off three receptions for two touchdowns, including the game-winning two-point conversion. He'll now have his shot to make the roster with the Dallas Cowboys after a down year. We only finished with 30 catches for 351 yards and two scores in 2019. Now on to players who never lived up to the expectations here in Aggieland. Starting with Clyde Chris, the wide receiver from Louisiana. He was the number 12 player in the state and the number 38 wide receiver that year, 195 overall. After redshirting his first season due to every starting receiver having been the starter for multiple years, he saw limited action in 2017. He caught four passes for 52 yards and three of receptions were against FCS program Nickel State. As a third-year sophomore, he appeared in four games but did not make a single catch. He decided to transfer. In 2019, he went to the FCS level to play immediately. As a junior for Prairie View A&M, he finished with seven catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. It ain't looking good for this kid who a lot of people thought was going to be a stunt. When you look at the next guy, uh, Trayvon Fuller, four-star player out of Texas, the number 21 cornerback in the nation. He was very much a player that needed work just because of he was not going to be the size needed to cover those SEC quarter uh, wide receivers at the next level. They registered him as a freshman uh, in 2018. He saw action in every game, but was pretty much a special teams player. He tallied six tackles. Last year, he played in each game, saw time at cornerback, played with 10 tackles, 1.5 tackles for losses, and a pass breakup. With the departure of Debony Renfro, maybe he'll see more time. But again, you look at some names that have just joined the list. It's not looking promising. Next up, Miola's Austin Anderson, the number 40th offensive tackle in the nation, number 59 player in the state. As a true freshman in 2016, Anderson saw action in four games and was expected to be a massive contributor on the offensive line. Unfortunately, a si uh, injury in 2017 sidelined him, and after that year, he took a medical retirement of football. Again, this is one of those ones that you don't really know what could have happened or what could have been. Because of before you even got to see what was going to happen, he had too many injuries that cost him a very promising career and now is out of football completely. Next up, Ayanka Okiki. Uh, definitely a name that is harder to say than anything else. John Chavis, the former defense coordinator, used his connections from the state of Tennessee to personally recruit Okiki. He was supposed to be a safety prospect, choosing between the Aggies and the Fighting Irish. Uh, when the whole staff left in 2017, uh, they actually had him playing a rover position. He suffered a season-ending injury in 2018 as a fourth-year junior. He was back healthy and played a linebacker role. He's only played in 10 games in his entire career and finished with one career tackle. That's not good. Name that you kind of have to throw out there because he's not on the roster but he has lived up to expectations, just not with AM. Rakeem Boyd, the number 72 prospect in the state of Texas, three star recruit 
uh, was a little bit inconsistent for Stratford in his final year, but the Aggies really liked him. They thought he was going to be something special. Unfortunately, due to the NCAA's requirements and through his first semester of academic issues, he was forced to leave A&M and go to a junior college. After spending a year at Independence Community College in Kansas, he re-signed with the Arkansas Razorbacks. He has been the team's main runner for the past two seasons as consistently listed as a 1,000-yard rusher heading into his senior season with the team in Fayetteville. Next up, we got Nick Starkle. And honestly, it's not Starkle's fault that this was a problem. AM was kind of set at quarterback with Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen. Both ended up transferring a week within each other. So they had to scramble and they got uh, Starkle to switch his pledge from Oklahoma State to Aggieland. He redshirted his freshman year as Trevor Knight led the team as quarterback. He split reps with Kellen Mond, eventually was uh, named the starter. During that opener against UCLA, he was injured. From there, Mon kind of took over for the remainder of the season as the full-time starter. He threw for 1,793 yards and 14 touchdowns. With a new coaching staff in 2018, there was a battle again between Starkle and Mon. This time, Mon won out completely. He saw mop-up duty for four games. He threw 169 yards for a touch and one touchdown, graduating early and deciding to transfer. In 2019, as a fourth-year junior, he's played for Arkansas and saw multiple starts along with Ben Hicks before eventually trading off back and forth. He's now on his third school, transferring once again as a fifth-year senior for the San Jose State Spartans. And finally on this list, athlete Moses Reynolds. If you know the last name, you should. It's because his brother Josh was the older receiver for the team. And while Moses kind of did a little bit of everything during his time at uh, San Antonio in San Antonio, he rushed for over 3,500 yards, scored 30 touchdowns in three years. He never really had a position at AM. It, it just kind of fell that way. He began his career at wide receiver. They switched him to defensive back. Uh, after redshirting in 2016, he did not see any action in 2017 or 18 at the start of the spring game in 2019, he had multiple interceptions. There was some thought that he was going to break out. He only saw action in three games, finishing with one total tackle during his time in College Station. He transferred to FCS Incarnate Word back in his hometown to spend his final year playing in front of his fans at the Alamo City. There's some names who maybe could be special. We don't really know yet. Uh, Riley Anderson, the brother of Austin, still on the team. Hopefully, we'll be able to add some depth on the line. Then you also have guys such as Ryan McCollum. He's going to hopefully step up out of Klein Oak, hopefully become a starting center this next year. And then you have a guy like Colton Prater who did a little bit of everything and now is just going to enjoy life. Uh, Again, this was something that not everyone gets to make it to the next level, but Prater certainly represented A&M well. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, Kellen Mond with the 2021 NFL mock drafts kind of coming through. Where does he sit among the NFL draft eligible quarterbacks? So yes, we will be throwing in the names of those who could be draftable. Speaking of drafts, why not also listen to Locked On Podcast's Draft Dudes? You could not miss a better show with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. So go ahead and give them a listen. We will see you tomorrow. And remember, kick them, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies. 
Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.